Welcome to Web3 Unpacked. I'm your host, Rich Pasqua, founder and CEO of ARC. Each week we unpack the Web3 revolution. Join us as we discover and explore the people, projects, and visionaries building the trusted web. Hey everybody, welcome to Web3 Unpacked. I'm Matt Sky, and this is our co-host, Rich Pasqua. Hello, everyone. And welcome. Today, and today we have a very interesting guest. We have uh, Joe Tran from Mana Games. And basically, uh, well, you know what? Joe, why don't you tell us about Mana Games? Tell us what you do. You'll do it better than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, hi, everybody. Um, so my name is Joe. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mana Games. Uh, essentially, Mana Games is a Web3 or a multi-chain Web3 gaming infrastructure platform. So in regards to infrastructure, um, we act as both a, a gaming distribution hub, right, kind of similar to Steam um, for Web3 titles and also uh, eSports uh, e competition platform. Um, you know, the reason why we're uh, focusing on eSports and gaming distribution is, I've, is right now there's a huge uh, hole in the market, if you will, right? gap in the market where there is uh, some of these services are much needed in regards to onboarding new Web2 gamers into the Web3 space, but also providing value, right, for Web3 studios alike to for their distribution, right, and exposure to uh, a broader audience, if you will. Um, so, yeah, that's Mana Games in a, a very quick blurb. Um, you know, I'm excited to be here and uh, be part of this podcast. Yeah, well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us. And Rich, go ahead. Yeah, thank you so much, Joe. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. And, um, you know, one of the things you brought up um, in, in the intro, was, it's kind of interesting. And Matt and I have been talking with a bunch of guests in the Web3 space. And it is like the conversion between 2, 2.0 to 3.0, right? And it's, it, you know, for, for guys like us, it's like, no, just go full tilt three. Just keep going. <laughs> Right. Uh, but you do need to get people onboarded, right? You have to kind of go through some old doors to go through an, some new doors, correct? Correct, correct. You know, it's it's always funny, right? Because um, I do these pitches all the time to various founders, right, in the Web3 space and also, um, you know, founders or even just, uh, you know, what was it called? Uh, founders and also, um, I would like to say, curious people, right, in the Web2 space looking to jump into the Web3 uh, yeah. industry. Um, you know, they're instead of, you know, I guess a lot of these web three gaming founders, when they, when I talk to them about, um, distribution of their titles, right. And they're, and they always come and ask me like, let's say, so we get, you know, we get why there's a need for distribution, but, um, we are getting enough, you know, followers or, you know, traction on our own just fine. Right. And I said, oh, that's, you know, great and dandy. Right. But, um, again, you know, if you look at, you know, right now when I was talking to them, it was the bull market, right? And when I, when I talk to people in the bull market and I talk about games in the bull market, you know, everyone wants to play and trade assets and et cetera. But when the bear market comes around, you know, a lot of these gamers are, you know, nowhere to be found, right? <laughs> nowhere to be seen. So, yeah. you know, that's a, another growing issue within the Web3 gaming space, right? That we just need some uh, stability in regards to gamers or, you know, adoption, I guess you could say, right? Well, from Web2 to Web3. Um, I'm not saying, you know, the mass, you know, we, we need a huge mass adoption wave at one point, but there needs to be some sort of ongoing stability or, you know, just, you know, and, and just a general increase, right, in regards to the adoption rate. And I believe that esports is a great conduit for that, right, and uh, just distribution as well, right, to make it as easy um, for or easy access, 
easy discoverability and accessible for Web2 gamers to easily find these um, amazing gaming titles, right? So that's kind of why we're positioning ourselves the way we are, right? At first, I started creating the distribution hub um, back in 2020, I believe. Uh, you know, sort of all, it's all very, it was all pretty fluid. It's an ideation phase with my uh, co-founder, John, and my CTO as well. But, you know, when I, when I had that in mind, I started kind of creating that partnership network, right? And talking a bit to various Web3 gaming founders to see if they're interested in being part of our ecosystem. Um, and, you know, from at one point, you know, we got to upwards of 14 to 15 different gaming titles already signed with us, right, for distribution. Oh. Um, but then, as you know, you know, the bear market hit um, and a lot of these games that we were talking to, you know, they kind of got um, shaken up, you know, obviously just because, you know, how the market is and um, there's a lot of uncertainty right in, in regards to that. And plus the play, their player base isn't as what um, or the community isn't as uh, what they were used to, I guess you could say. So I guess that's another um, thing about just really putting your head down, really, you know, grinding out development and, you know, keeping true to your message, right, in, in your game, and your project. So, you know, what we're trying to do here is kind of establish that foothold, I guess, in, in this industry and saying, hey, you know, if you want to find great games, come to Mana Games, right? Um, and if you want to slowly, you know, learn about Web3, you know, and just compete with one another, you know, we have that we have that avenue for you as well, right? That option for you as well. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, a, a real roundabout way of, <laughs> of just saying <laughs> it. But, yeah, you know, that's kind of how we wanted to, uh, you know, be, be part of the market, right, or position ourselves in the market. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, we find because we do it all the time, right? We, we'd love for everyone, every project to be Web3. But the reality of it for us being, a, you know, design and service uh, and development company, uh, you got to go, you know, you can't kick out the SaaS clients. You can't you, you mm -hmm. can't just do that. Plus, what we're finding is every single day and the idea of this whole podcast of, of Web3 Impact is education across so you're not only selling, you're educating as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah no, so. I think there needs to be a, a definitely a form of education, right, or a level of education when you onboard Web2 gamers. Um, you know, I was in Korea not too long ago for Korea Blockchain Week, and I was, you know, you know, everyone's always networking, right, when you go to these conferences. And like, what do you do? What do you do? So, when, you know, when you when you tell the same story over and over again, right, you know, a lot of you get uh, around the same reactions or answers right about your project and a lot of the times i hear hey you're kind of like web 2.5 right um <laughs> and i was like i guess that's a great way to put it you know you know we we want to be that onboarding pro or onboarding platform right or the first hub if you will for web 2 gamers to find out about web 3 products and instead of throwing them on the you know in the deep end of the pool of the web 3 pool hey you have to uh you know create a metamask you, you need to you know learn right. your seed phrase and do transactions yada yada and then when you want to play a game, you know, a lot of these games require you to own their assets, right? Either NFT or a token. And, you know, again, it's up to the players to find out, navigate through those waters. Of, okay, so how do I acquire those assets? And I got to go exchange just marketplaces. So we want to kind of just, you know, cut through all of that, right? You know, start very small, right? Hey, you know, you love playing Fortnite. You love playing PUBG. That's great, right? Go on Mana Games. Uh, you can create these peer-to-peer -peer challenges, right, or competitions on our platform. Compete in these Web Two games, and then um, essentially earn Web Three rewards, right, by competing yeah. against one another. 
Um, and that way, you know, we start very small, right? We, the lowest hanging fruit is that, you know, they create an account with us. We generate a wallet for them, right? And then within our platform, um, we have ways for them to easily access and purchase our tokens, right, for these competitions, right, to be, to be able to comp compete against one another. Um, and the idea is that, you know, once these guys are on our platform and competing, right, in either Fortnite or PUBG or Call of Duty Warzone, um, if they're accruing tokens and actually benefiting from, you know, Web3, right, you know, getting rewarded and such, and they're ho hopefully they're jazzed about it, they're hyped about it, and they want to learn more, they're curious. Uh, well, we have that distribution channel on the other, on the other side of the coin, right, where, for them to tap into, which is the other games that we have partnered with. So that's kind of the uh, slingshot effect, right, or, you know, the honey trap, I guess you can say, uh, mm. what people are saying. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's some kind of, of like, trap that's sticking. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, uh, I mean, that's kind I of call how it we want. Right, the mousetrap. <laughs> I love that. But anyway, that's kind of how we wanted to do it, right? You know, just kind of slowly like ease people in into it and let them play their favorite games and just earn and get rewarded in Web three. Right. Which games kind are getting the most? Which games are getting the most traction right now? Just curious. In regards to Web three or Web in terms of like the Web two games, when you're getting people who are new to your platform, because you're kind of in open, a closed beta mm -hmm. beta right now, right? Yeah, yep, we're in a closed beta right now. Um, so right now, Fortnite and Call of Duty, like of course, right? You know they're doing well. Um, so right now, so I guess so we have a list of um, Web two games that we support. So we have uh, Fortnite, Call of Duty, um, we have Mobile Legends, um, and we have Apex Legends and Rocket League, I believe. Um, those are the five games right now. Um, I know Mob Mobile Legends is actually very popular within the Southeast Asian region, um, just because, or in, well, emerging mark, uh, emerging regions, right? Uh, areas of emerging markets. Um, reason being is that not everyone has, you know, they have the resources to purchase consoles or PCs. Uh, Mobile Legends is, of course, on the phone, and everyone has a smartphone, right? In uh, emerging markets, so um, that's why some of the some of these games are. Uh, you know, they have huge amounts of, you know, viewerships and also, um, you know, com competitors, right, gamers, right? So, yeah, you know, so I guess regarding to answer your question, yeah, Fortnite and Call of Duty for within our closed beta, but uh, Mobile Legends are, is going to be something that we'll be focusing on um, in the near future, right? Yeah, those mobile games are just so popular now. I mean, they have been for a while, actually. But mm -hmm. it is a great on-road because you can do it on your commute. You can kind of get involved. And they're, they're so detailed, too. Like, as far as these micro-economies and, mm -hmm. you know, governments or whatever you're setting up within these games, um, they're just very, very interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, some of these games are just – I mean – they have the same, uh, I guess, gameplay as, you know, regular console games as well, right? PC games as well. Uh, yeah. Mobile Legends is like a Battle Royale. Or not Battle I'm sorry. It's a mobile game. Um, kind of like League of Legends, right? If you guys yeah. play League of Legends, but it's on the phone. Um, and, you know, as, as as everyone knows, smartphones are now just, like, <laughs> amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, they yeah. just, they're, you know, they're able to, you know, play and render movies, like, on demand and, I don't know if you saw like a I saw like a TikTok recently of um the new iPhone 14 Max, right? And they had like their like cinematic mode, and they were like comparing that to like a 30 grand like camera, DSL camera, and it was just like, I mean obviously the 30 grand is like you know better, but it's it's good enough. Like the phone quality in itself, the cinematic mode, it's like wow, right? You could film a whole movie from this, and I don't think people would really like would 
Tell the difference. Well, I saw uh, them doing that yeah. in the commercials. They have the the phone coming in on the crane. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whole, as if it's all, it's like this tiny little phone on this whole cinematic setup with lighting. And Maybe, are they doing like anamorphic uh, camera lenses? Is that it? Or where it gives you that true cinematic widescreen look? Because that would be amazing. I, I just haven't read up on it enough to, to know. But um, the cameras are, you know, all these flagship phones, they're, you know, they're using very similar, you know, Snapdragon processors and stuff like that. But the cameras tend to be that differentiator for people, right? Yeah. Um, what has yeah. LiDAR or HDR or something like that. Now, people are starting to use the LiDAR technology for, you know, more engineering type of purposes and less for artistic uh, purposes. But, oh, yeah, the cameras are crazy. The phones are getting nuttier. And uh, that brings me back to Solana. I can't wait. I, you know, <laughs> get my, uh, you Solana know, hardware phone. accelerated Web3, uh, you know, it'll be your Trezor too, right? Or, you know. It'll be your hardware wallet as well. It could be, I guess. But so, yeah, no, yeah, I'm actually but... very curious about that. I didn't do much reading on the Solana phone, right? Because you know, just thinking about jumping into the phone market, the phone biz right now is just like, bro, like <laughs> they put the i. How, how are you going to compete against the iPhone or like you know the Android, right? Um, but you know, again, uh, hopefully, I want I want to see this like underdog story with Solana. You know, dark horse I, coming into the. Into the game. Yeah, you know, you brought, you brought up a, a good point because we said the same exact thing. Like, are you losing your mind? I think when nothing came out with their phones, um, which was designed uh, in partnership with uh, Teenage Engineering, who mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a bit of a synth nerd. So it's like, wow, what a cool combination. They're really good product designers. Mm -hmm. But at the flip, on the flip side, I was like, that is the most tumultuous business to be in right now. The hardware and right. software. The, forget about the software. The hardware end of it is just mm -hmm. crazy. So I wish them luck because I agree with you. There, it's a little bit of that underdog story that everyone loves, with new mixed with new technology. I hope it does. I hope it does well. Yeah, I mean, any win within the Web three space is a win, right? So absolutely, uh, one step closer to adoption or more awareness of what we're trying to do. So I'm happy. Yeah, you know, hopefully yeah. we could do it. Uh, it reminds me of Siren Labs. I don't know if you guys remember that when they created their own phone, their own Web3 phone as well. It was oh, like, no, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. It was like way back 2018 or something. Like oh, that. wow. But, Ancient yeah, 20, in crypto. Yeah, in crypto time, <laughs> uh, dog years or whatever. Pre-doge years. Because yeah. Pre-doge, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Right. I was I, honestly like, you know, when I got into uh, Web3 crypto when I, in 2016, right? And that felt like a lifetime ago. You know, it's not even that long ago, but it feels like a lifetime no. ago, and I just learned so much. So, you know, I guess every day it's like something new, and it's just continuously growing. What got right? you so into that's it, why, exactly? That's why we, we're in it, right? That's right, why we're yeah. in it, because we're, yeah, we're curious. If you're not curious and you don't have a stomach for unpacking things and kind of trying things, uh, it may not be for you, but uh, especially on the development side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it is truly experience. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful experience because once you understand, the possibilities are you know endless. And um, you know, we've been talking about a ton of this stuff in the past, like you know, just how things are going to kind of open up and change. And you know, our last, literally, Matt, our last podcast was about uh, mass adoption, yeah. right? So. There is an underdog story, but there it's also we want the Apples and the Samsungs to be 
you know, going for it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Apple most recently opening up their developer community to, to Web3, you know, NFTs. Um, super interesting. And, 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 and that's what's going to help get adoption. Starbucks, mm-hmm. all these big, big brands are starting to, um, you know, dip their toes in, whether it be, you know, cashing in on the, the sizzle right now from a marketing standpoint, or if they're really, you know, time will tell to see if they're really invested in, in, in building out their communities and their platforms. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, literally time will tell, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, re- regards to a lot of Web2 big brands getting into Web3, you know, it's just all inevitable in my eyes, right? Some yeah. way, shape or form, they'll integrate, you know, something or something Web3 into their uh, ongoing marketing plans or just, you know, what they're doing in regards to their business. Um, there's a lot of gaming studios in the Web2 world and publishing or Web2 gaming studios or publishers jumping in like Square Enix, right? Mm. I know um, Epic, Epic, uh, Epic Games, right? Creators of Fortnite, now they're uh, starting to allow some Web3 games into the into their uh, their app store or their store, right? Oh, that's cool, yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's a whole you know slew of other you know games and. Uh, studios coming in right um so i'm excited you know it's just it's just inevitable you know, like i'm saying but again you know this is a great time to really start building out whatever projects that you guys are building out right i'm, I'm talking to the audience talking to the crowd listening yeah but, <laughs> you know you know don't don't listen you know don't listen to the bear the bears out there you know even though it's a bear market keep building right you know who knows what will happen and by the time the bull market comes around this is like so, the building period. You're right. And I think that's what people say during crypto winter is when the development takes place. And what you're saying is absolutely true. Like, you know, especially in your space, like you look at Sega, right? Sega is now yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. beginning with their first uh, blockchain game. So the biggest players in the world, everyone is entering. And now is kind of a great time for people to enter. Not financial advice, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it seems like it's a great... It's a great time for a lot of people. <laughs> well, not, not not financial advice, of course, but um, yeah, I mean, investing, it actually is a good time uh, to jump in. Uh, and I'm not saying buy the dip, of course, um, but, you know, if you want to play, you can. But it is, um, you know, it, it is the time to, 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 start, to start building, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I think there's tremendous amount of opportunities out there. You just have to look for them uh, or just dream you know, uh, and, and get involved. And, and, you know, one of the things, one of our clients was squarely rooted in the whole terror debacle. Oh, yeah. You know, they were on the cosmos, uh, you know, in the cosmos, on the terror network, tethered to lots of different things. And about 50% of those um, protocols went down more than 50%. Wow. I think at this point, yeah. um, they were, unscathed well they rattled like everybody else but um they survived because they were multi-chain and you know uh the founders and friends and investors and everyone you know around that whole ecosystem because tons of people were involved they lost tons of money individually like millions individually Mm -hmm. whatever it was but it's so interesting from a developer's perspective or a product uh, innovator's perspective on that, they're like, yep, we lost money. We're still charging forward. And mm-hmm. I love that energy. I love that. And it's, and it's a whole part of web three. We talk to recruiters in it and it's a special breed of developer or, or product person where it's, you're going to get beaten up. 
I don't yeah. care who you are. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to take some punches. Um, you have to learn how to do it, deal with it. Don't get emotional and just keep moving forward because it's not going away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the terror punch though, was like a Mike Tyson oh, that post, was, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that wasn't even a punch. That was, that was like a, a nuclear Decimation. explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, my heart goes out to everyone involved. Everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Actually, no, it, it, brought, it brings me back to, um, you know, my own project around March it happened around March, right? So, um, yeah, no, I, we were actually fundraising for a seed around that time. Um, we've got a lot, and we had a lot of attention from, um, investors and, you know, some, some of these investors, right? Well, when that all happened, right, you know, the bear market happened and the whole terror thing happened. And a lot of these guys were like, well, we just lost like a crap load of money and we, there's so many fires on our backyard. We need to, you know, we need to take the time to put this in the back burner so we could focus on that, right? So I was like, you know, I was like, look, I'm not going to blame you. I was like, go do you. Like, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll still be here. And, you know, when I was talking to John at the time and some of our internal team, we're like, okay, well, raising our seed is probably not the best time right now. <laughs> you know, I was just, yeah. okay, so I was like, okay, well, we need to, you know, pivot a little bit. Let's go raise a smaller round for, you know, an angel through angels. And that's what we accomplished, right? So. Um, you know, we, 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 some, we navigated that waters, right. We, you know, we took those punches, right. Um, we just got to continue forward and that's, you know, hopefully a lot of other, uh, projects out there kind of did the same thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, now, you know, we, uh, not like when Matt mentioned before is that we are doing our closed beta, right. So, you know, that if we weren't able to raise that C, that angel round, um, the closed beta actually wouldn't have been developed or we wouldn't have been to this point right so um yeah. i'm thankful for the early investors that you know believed in us even throughout that whole crazy time that situation that everyone felt right so yeah yeah what a great story joe it's awesome yeah thank you thank you uh i guess uh maybe tell us how you got into web3 because everyone has their own kind of story you obviously have been in crypto uh, maybe early enough to make some big gains or before a lot of people knew this is a big thing. What, what's your history in that? And what's your history of gaming too? That's kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about crypto first. So I got into it in 2016. Um, and just like everyone else, you know, I was a speculator, you know, uh, actually a family member, my uncle told me, he was like, yeah, look, you know, look at the Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I and at the time I was like a 20, nothing year old, right? 27 year old. And I'm like, what the hell is Bitcoin and Ethereum? Right, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one finding the tech, not the other way. That's around. hilarious. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but, that's refreshing, actually. Right. Good, no, he's a, he, he, yeah, he's always the uh, entrepreneur type. Um, but anyways, but when I was looking into Bitcoin and Ethereum at the time, you know, and I was you know speculating, I was I was looking at the charts went up and down, up and down, right, like a roller coaster. Um, you know, if you think it's volatile now, it's vol it was super volatile back then, right? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I quickly, you know, as I soon uh, as the more I looked into it and the more I dove in deeper into um, just like the use cases, right. And like what it really represents or what we, what it can represent in the future. Right. I made, I quickly made a decision that I wanted to play my part and provide value, right. To, you know, throughout the industry, right. Some way, shape or form. I didn't know how, but you know, I wanted to do it. Um, and my personal background is that, you know, I'm, you know, typically do business depth uh, development, right? You know, I do partnerships, um, a lot of like networking and such. So I wanted to provide my skill sets to various companies, you know, that, you know, wanted assistance from me. So I started at 
Well, actually, started helping out with um, marketing at Verge Currency, um, and then I did a lot of uh, consulting slash advisory work for various Web three startups as well with the, throughout the U.S. Um, I, I did some time helping out with Token Pay as well. Um, those mm-hmm. are like the two like bigger tokens that um, people might know. Um, I mean, those are concerned. You know, they're probably not around anymore, right? I haven't checked, but yeah. But <laughs> back in, if you're back in the day, you probably know that those tokens. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing, you know, the consultancy slash advisory work, um, till 2018, 2019, it led me to Asia. So I was jumping around from the Philippines, Manila to Tokyo to South Korea. Um, and I was doing this exact same thing, right? So I was building out my community, building out my Rolodex of networks, right? Or contacts, if you will. Um, and lo and behold, when the, when, you know, Mr. Pandemic came around, Right. A lot of uh, my meetings. I've never heard it be called Mr. Pandemic, by the way. <laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> That's you know, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. funny. Um, but, um, you know, I've, I, I noticed my meetings went from physical to virtual, and then I was racking up the hours on my PC, right? Um, and it was a good segue just because, you know, I'm a gamer at heart, right? And I played games <laughs> throughout all my childhood. So, you know, the additional hours racking up on the PC due to the uncertainty outside was, you know, through the gaming or streaming or whatnot, right? Um, and uh, I did a little, I started a little project as well in between 2018, 2019, or 2017, 2018, um, which, you know, uh, it's actually, it was a, a is a re- on, on a e-retail store or e-store on um, crypto mining rigs, Right. Um, just because, you know, a lot of people at the time were, you know, looking to mine, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum and such. And I couldn't find any stores out there or like, you know, you know, online stores that showed like the different rigs. Right. So I was like, oh, well, I'm just like, you know, kind of make an aggregator of rigs, you know, talk, contact all the other um, the retailers out there to allow me to sell on my website. But and I, I didn't really have any heart into it. Right. Because I'm not a, I'm not a really a miner. Right? I just knew that there was a need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that lasted, you know, for like a year and then, and I continue on. And then, uh, when the pandemic happened, um, I met up with my co-founder and CTO, John, um, Bartis. Um, John is, you know, technologist for over 20 plus years. Um, he got into blockchain around the same time I did. Um, and a cool fun fact is that he's an owner of an esports organization out in Vegas called core gaming, uh, QR mm-hmm. gaming. Um, and they're, and they, um, he has a professional team that plays Valorant, right? Which is a very, fairly popular uh, FPS game uh, that everyone plays. But you know, when I was talking to John, you know, I was like, you know, we we're like, okay, well, you know, we both love Web three blockchain, right? And we also love gaming, right? Me in a consumer standpoint, him in an operator standpoint, and esports, right? Um, which ties into gaming. Um, so we're like, okay, well, we need to create something, um, you know, that kind of merges those two together, right? It's kind of how Mana Games came about. And, you know, we were like, okay, well, there is, there's so many different Web3 gaming titles, but um, there isn't, like, a Steam, right? A Web3 Steam. We are like, okay, let's create a Web3 Steam. And that's kind of how Mana Games came about, right? And, and as you know, um, I, I, grow, I started growing out the uh, partnership networks there. We have 10-plus guilds, 15, uh, 15 games right now. Um, and gonna be, we're going to be adding a, 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 a good bunch more just because of my trip to Singapore. Um, a lot of gaming gaming projects out there and guilds still still uh, going on, right? And they're amazing too. Um, but then you know we want to add an esports right as that conduit, 
right, to bring in Web2 gamers. So, you know, without telling the <laughs> telling everyone back what we do, what that is again, you know, that's kind of how Nanny Games came about. What was uh, your reception like at uh, Token 2049? Just curious. Was What was that like? That's a pretty big event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was huge. It was kind of funny, though, because I wasn't supposed to be going to Singapore. It was, like, super last minute. Um, a lot of the – it actually stems back to – it stems back to when I was in Korea. So I was making my uh, – I was making, you know, my uh, – I guess my contact list from Korea for investors because we're raising our seed. And also new gaming partners, right? You know, great uh, gaming founders and also guild founders as well. And they're all like, yeah, you know, are you going to Token 2049 in Singapore? And I was like, I wasn't planning on it, right? Um, and that was in August. And, you know, Token 2049 was probably like three weeks away, right, <laughs> from that event. So it was like any tra- type of travel plans, like you need to do it now. Um, so, you know, my advisors were like, no, you got to go, right? Because we're going as well. Like, you got to go. You know, we got to invest relations, et cetera. So I was like, okay. So I didn't, I didn't know this at the time, but during token 2049, there were like three separate conferences, right. Going on throughout the same week. And also the F1, right. The formula one. Oh, correct? wow. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just convergence like, there. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. was like, and then I was looking at hotels and I was like, there are zero hotels for me to choose from. Right. So <laughs> like every day, yeah, I, I didn't find a plane ticket. I got to find a hotel ticket that weren't like, you know, costing me an arm and a leg. But evidently, you know, I found it. Uh, made my way to Token 2049. Um, and the atmosphere there was just different. It was night and day compared to, let, let's say, any sort of conference in the States, right? Or in the Western world. Um, here, you know, sometimes people are, you know, talk about the bear market, you know, the doom and gloom, right? But people are still building. Um, yep. you know, people are still, you know, trudging along, but in Asia, wow, it was just like, people were, were like, were still very hyped about web three gaming. They were like, yeah, check out my game. And there's like a huge demo, demo line, for, you know, a line of people trying to demo out this new game called the harvest. Right. Um, and they might be one of our new partners as well. It's a new battle royale game. Um, and then a lot of investors are still deploying capital in Asia. Right. Um, just got a call yesterday. You know, one of my contacts is like. You know, actually got a new investor friend um, looking to invest in new Web3 gaming titles. And I was like, I, you know, OK, well, that's not, that's that's pretty that's something new in the States because everyone is kind of holding off on any deploying any kind of capital. Right. But people over there, they're like they're still looking to find new NFT projects or new Web3 gaming projects to put money down, put, put money in. So, yeah, I mean, and there were, I think, seven thousand people there at the conference. Right. But um a lot of other um, there were other attendees in the side events as well that didn't purchase tickets for the main conference. So I would like to say there was like another like two thousand, three thousand people just kind of walking around Singapore attending the side events. Um, wow. and there were like a hundred fifty plus side events throughout the week, right? For all Web three. So you know, <laughs> if you're if you're if you have friends there, you know they're all probably you know inviting you to go check out their side events or they're like. So I got at one point, like per night, I had like four or five events that I had to jump, jump through, jump to, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm jet lagged, right. You know, I'm, I was still in the U S time. So, you know, I get tired pretty quickly there. So I was like, damn, I have to, I have to go to like four different side events and I'll probably like be an hour at each one. I was like, this is going to be so tiring. And then you oh, start, man. start over the next day. Right. But all in all, you know, I think it's, you know, it's amazing there, you know, and I think it's re- really worth it. Um, to check out if you're a builder in the space, 
operator in a space, you know, definitely start connecting again, start networking again. Um, you know, at my advice to other operators and builders out there, right. Um, to some of these conferences. It's also funny the way you, you described the conference. What one, it seems very sizable, mm-hmm. um, which is just amazing, uh, and very engaging with the right energy. Um, and then I look at the NFT Miami thing. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, thank God I did not go to that. Cause I don't want like just, you know, it's a avatar fest and it was, it's like a, a comic con meets web three, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, that's cool, but not the whole thing. Yeah. You know I mean, it's gotta be down to business too. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's, um, a lot of it was just business, right. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think there were a lot of like, just, you know, people interested or curious about it. You know, everyone was, was working on a project or, you know, representing a project and, um, you know, VC firms as well, right. You know, they have their tags. Yeah. So, you know, people are there to, they have a mission, right. They have a goal in mind. So that's kind of the, uh, the, the refreshing vibe that I got there. So definitely cool. be there and be there next year as well. Yeah. We might have so, to be there. You said there was more enthusiasm out there and less of the doom and gloom mindset. Why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting contrast. Yeah, actually, I, and I wasn't too sure as well. Um, because in Korea, when, you know, that was the first time I went back to Asia after like the whole COVID thing. Right. Um, I felt that same vibe there as well. Right. And I was just an NFT NYC. Right. And NFT, NFT NYC was cool and it was fun, but I think I, it was a, a bit more productive when I was in Asia for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. Might be the whole thing, Rich, that you were talking about how people were just kind of, you know, um, showcasing their, you know, JPEGs or their avatar. Um, and they're kind right. of more like, you know, they're not, I, w- I wouldn't say they're not serious, but they're not really like building anything. Right. They're kind of just well, going there the utility? Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that might that might be that might be um, the difference there, but pretty much, um, I guess it might just be like a cultural thing, maybe as well. I don't yeah. know, right? I I can't really say for sure, but it was just definitely different, right? From, oh man, from I could sides. imagine a Web three conference in Korea. I'm sure it's super, like over the top, dynamic, really cool. It's just, it's like literally technology is literally ingrained in their culture it's like in in that whole section of the world um yeah, i'd yeah, love it was to amazing. go there once yeah, yeah tech no, is always amazing. much more advanced there isn't it we're always like a little behind in the states well i mean yeah yeah, well, so, yeah i mean i think there's you know pros and cons to it right you know in J- japan still uses fax machines right <laughs> <In> <laughs> offices. <laughs> so you know right. even though that they're like you know everyone thinks that you know some of these countries are like light years ahead but you know it's not there are some small things that they're not right. Right. So I like a classic yeah, fax once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I just it like to hear the, the sound once in a while. Yeah. You know, like a, like it's a calling. 96 baud modem booting up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like kind maybe I'll get, I, you know, sometimes I turn up the dial up sound on my Spotify and I just there do go. Um, <laughs> back to the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there's more, maybe there's more gaming emphasis when you're out in Singapore. Is that, is, sure. would that be the, the key differentiator perhaps that because there's a utility behind web three, that's why there's this enthusiasm, there's development. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we compare it to NFT NYC, it was really just showing off which NFTs, which art you have. Yeah, no, that could be it too. That's a good point. Cause there were a good, a good amount of gaming projects out there. Right. Um, but also, um, a lot of security projects were kind of, I, I keep seeing a lot of name tags for security firms. Um, 
uh, some some sort of Web3 smart contract auditing or, you know, um, wallets, et cetera, right? So they, 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 they also played a part, but it was less of the <laughs> NFT projects that like, you know, showcasing like, you know, their avatars and such. Um, that's definitely for sure, because I don't think I've seen, I saw much of that at all. So, Joe, uh, maybe walk us through a little bit more of the Mana platform. I think that would be illuminating to our audience. So you have Mana Swap, there's the gaming portal, there's the cross-chain NFT marketplace, and then you have mm -hmm. these P2P challenges and tournaments. So this is a pretty robust platform you're building here. Maybe break yeah, it down for, for sure. us and we can kind of go piece by piece and unpack all that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'll start with the main features that we want to be able to showcase, right? Um, we can start with the peer-to-peer the -peer challenges, right? And also the gaming portal. portal. Um, essentially, you know, it, 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 the gaming portal and the peer-to-peer -peer challenges is what I described earlier, right, in the regards to the Mana Games um, pitch, if you will. Um, you know, what we want to do is allow users to easily um, compete against one another, right, in Web2 gaming competition, but also earning Web3 rewards, right, which is the peer-to-peer -peer challenges. Um, essentially, you know, we cater to only amateur gamers for these, but we're looking to, uh, expand into the pro scene, right? That's pretty exciting, but that's still very early on. But in regards to the amateur side, um, anyone can really organize these peer-to-peer -peer events or peer-to-peer -peer challenges, if you will, right? On the Manikins platform. So essentially, uh, guys, you know, if it's the three of us and then I want 10 people total, so we need, to, we need to invite seven other, um, gamers out there, right? I can be the organizer, right? And, you know, I'm not I'm not Joe, the founder or co-founder of Mana Games. I'm Joe, just a gamer, right? Um, and we want to play Fortnite. Um, what I can do is I organ I'll organize the event on the Mana Games platform, right? Um, everyone would then have, let's say, a token or our tokens and also wallets, right, to to be able to compete. But from there, you know, what a user would do is that they would have to a um, own a wallet own a token, and also connect their gamer tag, right, from their Web2 game that they want to play. So Fortnite, you need to create an Epic, Epic Games account, right? You would connect your Epic Games account to the Madden Games platform. And for after, the, after you have all three, three of those things, components, you're ready to compete against one another, right? You just have to look for either an event that suits your schedule and the game that you want to play, or you can organize yourself, right? And as an organizer, sorry, I kind of just derailed from you know me being the organizer, <laughs> but essentially um, I could set the parameters right of the peer-to-peer -peer challenge, right? So I could set how many people are playing, what game we're playing, when we're playing, and also the challenge price, right? So the challenge price is essentially the entrance entrance fee, right? The entry fee to be able to uh, play. Um, I could set the price as low as like fifty mana games tokens, right, or or as high as five thousand mana games tokens, right? But whatever the pricing may be, right? Everyone that if everyone wants to compete, they would need to um, use the Mana Games tokens, right, as a entry fee, right, to to pay in, and then from there you would pull up the entry fee into the to the prize pool, and whoever would win that um, said esporting um, event would then win the majority of the prize, and then Mana Games, right, as a hosting site, would get would then get a small percentage. But you no, know, that's nothing that you know, people would actually blink about. So. Yeah. How do you do, do you do you actually set limits for kind of noobs or like people just kind of getting involved? Like you can't bet 5000, but you can, you know, enter in at like a 50 to 100 token range. Do you limit people or can they just go, you know, rocket ship up to whatever they want? Yeah, no, they could definitely um, 
rocket shit up if they want, but what we do is that um, we have matchmaking um, capability or mechanisms oh, in place, yeah. right? That kind of aligns with like, okay, well, you know, since you're putting your gamer tag, right? If it, so we'll we'll get to see like if the who's playing right via the gamer tags, right, and the APIs in place. Um, and usually some of these games have rankings, right, within the Web2 game. So what we do is we compare ranks, right, between the gamers, right, and there's only a, a small um, window, like, not window, but I guess like a small um, gap between skills, right, that will allow, will allow it to be played. And if people are saying, well, what if I just create a brand new account? Well, you know, if we see that the account was made like a day ago, then we're definitely not going to let you uh, play, right? There yeah. has to be a, um, a set time of, okay, well, you have to play over 50 games of Fortnite, you know, within this account to be able to, or 50 ranked gameless, ranked game of Fortnite for you to be eligible, right? We have oh, those yeah. capabilities as well that we're trying to implement. Um, kind of helps with the fair play type of, um, you know, yeah. environment. So we don't want, you know, guys that are pros stomping on noobs for just like easy, easy tokens, right? right. <laughs> easy, yeah. uh, easy win. Prevent the hustle, if you will, right? Exactly. <laughs> so we want to make this as fair as possible, right? And also as, um, entertaining as possible. So I know, you know, as humans, like, you know, we, we, there are a part, parts of us that are, are riskier than others, right? And, you know, the riskier people can play it or can do what they want, right? But we just want to make sure that whenever that's being played, um, there is some sort of level of like, um, equal skill, right? Yeah. Against, against the competitors. Well, that's essentially the peer to peer challenge side, right? So we support web two games, right? Of course, for, for these, um, peer-to-peer challenges, right, to start off to be, to be able to um, uh, gain the interest of Web2 gamers. But eventually, you know, we want to bring in Web3 games for these for these competitions, right, um, just for the fact that, hey, you know, um, you know we, we're a Web3 pro- platform, right? We're Web2.5, whatever you want to call us, right? We want to be able to showcase Web3 gaming titles, and, you know, we want to be able to provide value to them. So um, distribution is definitely one, and also competition events right or esporting support if, if you will um is the other so um that's mm-hmm. the peer-to-peer side you know that's it that's the uh esports side um in regards to the gaming portal you know that's just a fancy term or fancy name of just the distribution <clears throat> hub right of, that we're creating in regards to the mana games platform um and that's all fairly simple you know we want to be um similar to a web3 steam right with regards to how users could would navigate us right so if you would imagine Steam, actually right now in the early phases of Mana Games, we're a browser-based platform, but we want to be able to uh, create a downloadable application, right, um, at a later stages at the end game, if you will. Um, so if you could imagine navigating through Steam, right, where you have an account with us, you boot <laughs> up the app, right, um, and then you have a, a whole host of various Web3 or just gaming titles for you to choose and discover. We want that to be as simple uh, like that as well, right? So we'll have the multitudes of Web3 gaming titles for users to easily navigate, look at the reviews. You know, if they want to play, they could play it. But instead of redirecting these gamers into the game's website, right, we want to be able to launch these games on our application, right? So act as a launcher, if you will. Yeah, I would imagine it would be just give you a, a you know host of, of new opportunities and to streamline things, make things faster, actually, technically faster, um, and uh, truly build your own, you know, basically your own community from there, too, as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we're not the only, you know, players here in regards to, um, you know, creating an aggregation platform, right? 
I actually met the founder of Elixir, Elixir app, right? Or just Elixir, um, Carlos, right? And Elixir is essentially, you know, what we want to build, right? The Web3 Steam and they're a downloadable app. <laughs> but, you know, it was a funny thing when I met him in, in Token 2049, because we're in this, we're, you know, when you're dealing with gaming, right? You're always in the same, like, Telegram group chats, right? <laughs> and it's funny because yeah. he sees me, like, trying to promote Mana Games and I see him promoting Elixir, right? And it's all, it's all good and dandy, but we finally had a chance to meet up in person. Um, and then I was, and he was like, oh, so you're Joe, like, you know, what, you're trying to create like a Steam platform too? I was like, yeah, but I was like, but like, I told him, I was like, well, get this, right? Yeah, we, we kind of tread the same waters, right? But, um, in, in this day, not in the day and age, but I don't want to sound like that, but in, right now in regards to the current market, right? And how premature we are as a Web3, you know, market as Web3 or Web3 gaming, right? The, the pie is so huge that there could be multiple players out there, right? And there needs to be more tools, right, in regards to infrastructure for Web2 gamers to utilize, right? So no one wants to, you know, like I, of course, it'd be great to be like, you know, king of the hill, but it's being a king of a small hill or being a king, you know, or being part of a much larger hill, right? I'd rather be part of a much larger hill, if you will, right? So there needs to be more tools and um, infrastructure platforms for various, uh, for Web2 gamers to just use if they want to, right? And that's, I feel like that's kind of like the, the Web3 ethos, if you will, right? Yeah. Collaboration, right? There needs to be more collaboration. And um, I, I keep seeing this stuff in like even in 2016 where, you know, people were treating various blockchain projects as like sports teams, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't, I won't use Ethereum. Yeah. I won't use Ethereum because, you know, yada yada is going to be a Ethereum killer or whatever, you know? It's like, bro, like there's not mm. enough users in Ethereum back in the day to even like, you know, like we need more users in general, right? You know, like there can't be just one sole project to use. And I believe in a multi-chain world. Yeah, absolutely. You can't box yourself in. I think we mm-hmm. learned that, you know, last year with uh, everything that happened with Terra, you can't be single chain. Mm-hmm. You got to leave yourself open. And there is so much room that the universe is, is being built now. Like mm-hmm. it's just forming, right? Big bang happened. It's forming. And then there are little planets that are going to form you know, with their own little cultures and rules and things and DAOs and whatever you're going to put it, put into them. Um, but there's so much room, uh, especially I think in the, in the esports world, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not lose. It's definitely not losing steam. Uh, and it's, it's just going to progress and grow. The market cap is just going to go, you know, it's a hockey stick. It's not yeah. going in. Yeah. And then gaming as it relates to, you know, pure play gaming, kind of like your world, but gaming to me is not just, you know, Steam, Steam Engines or PUBG or anything else like that. Gaming has permeated everything, education, health. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a much bigger industry than what people actually choose to believe it is. They think it's just, you know, geeky kids hanging out in their basements and uh-huh. uh, it's gaming out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's business people. It's, you know, people, doctors are doing it because... You can gamify an experience for a kid going through treatment or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, and then the education system. Frankly, I don't think there's enough of it in the education system. Yeah, it's very, I agree. It's a very powerful tool. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. And I love I love how you kind of um, said that all, right? So that's amazing. Yeah. You know, actually, I, I have the same sentiments. Um, yeah, I mean, I again, right, you know, gaming is everywhere, right? Um, that's why I believe that's, you know, it's a great conduit, right, and overall scheme to bring in new users into the space. Um, 
but yeah, you know, that's kind of the, you know, how we are positioning ourselves in regards to our main focuses, right, which is distribution and also esports. Um, in regards to the, you know, secondary features, you know, which is like the NFT, uh, cross-chain NFT marketplace, and also our, our swapping mechanism, our swapping system, um, those features actually are just added values, right, or um, to our distribution channel, right? And, uh, you know, a, a lot of it is just being um, the ease of accessibility, right? And I keep, that's my favorite word or term. Um, but reasons being is that, you know, when you, the idea is that if you're put in the shoes of a consumer using the Mana Games platform, right, or any aggregation platform, um, and then you're like, okay, I want to play this game. You know, now they're still left with, where the hell do I find the assets? <laughs> you know, like, where the, what chain or what, or not chain, yeah. What what NFT market marketplace or what exchange do I go to to find these assets and then play them right? Mm. So we just want to make it all easy as possible, all in house, right, within our ecosystem. So you know, I'll start with the swapping mechanism. So um, we're actually taking a play from the uh, Axie Infinity uh, Sky Mavis Ronin Ronin playbook, right, where we're essentially creating our own internal uh, internal um, decentralized exchange, right which acts as a swapping mechanism. Um, so the idea is that users, you know, once they accrue Mana Games tokens from the esports side, um, and then they want to play a new game, right? Instead of scouring the internet and finding the tokens, like I mentioned before, right? They'll just go into our swapping mechanism and swap from the Mana Games token to any of the gaming tokens that they want to acquire, right? And utilize, mm. right? And from there, you know, it'll be very minimal um, transaction fees, gas fees, right, involved, because um, we're built on Polygon. Uh, natively right now um so you know we just wanted to make it as seamless as possible and easy as possible right um and we don't want to you know put pe people especially new users through the headache right of looking and scouring the web and yeah. the same can be said about the nft marketplace right um same same you know um thought process there right you know we have the multitudes of various web3 gaming titles working with us and you know, a lot of these games, they're not built on one ecosystem, right? So we're still a multi-chain supportive platform. So these games are on Solano, on Polygon. I'm talking to some guys from like B, uh, BSC, right? Binance Smart Chain, um, also on Avalanche. And, you know, uh, we, we're creating this cross-chain uh, marketplace right now, utilizing some of these bridges that, we're, that we know um, that we're working with, like Super Oracles are helping us out. Um, to utilize. So essentially all these users that are looking to buy NFTs, right. Or in-game, you know, digital assets that, or in you know, a slash NFTs um, that correlates to the game. Um, they could just find it there on our platform or NFT marketplace. Right. And they would use the uh, mana games token, right. To essentially purchase them. Right. But um, we're making it a bit easier now where the mana games token will be kind of treated like the BNB token. If you use the Binance um, exchange, mm -hmm. you get yeah. like discounted on like, you know, transaction rates and etc right it'll be the same kind of the same play um but you know we'll be utilizing either matic or a larger and more accessible um token right for the uh the uh purchasing power i get the purchase of these tokens yeah so yeah so those are the main things or the some some of the main and secondary features of mana games and um a lot the nft marketplace and a swapping mechanism along with the true distribution channel is going to be on the back end right now until like 2023. We're focusing on more in the esports and getting our, our uh, community of Web2 gamers in first. But, you know, we still have the distribution channel ready to go in regards to um, our browser-based platform where, you know, we just 
allow users to easily put it down in uh, a review or you know play a game but um in order for all those other secondary features to really exist we need to create the downloadable app like like i mentioned mm -hmm. before right so that's kind of a you know a, a quick little roadmap if you will of what we're trying to focus on awesome yeah and you know what some some people and you even said it you were like uh you know <clears throat> the swapping mechanism is just kind of like a tool right mm -hmm. it's not the focus of everything but in the spirit of, of, of removing friction in the experience, you know, that, you know, a 2.0 or a new newbie would, uh, or, you know, a new, new person entering the, the world, what might have is that swapping mechanism actually is pretty important. Um, and then multi-chain, the whole thing, multiple, multiple coins to swap over to yours, mm -hmm. to mana tokens. It's actually really, really kind of a big deal because even even like wax p and like wax they they make you go through weird websites and then you have to burn it and then you have to do all those other things and it becomes like yeah this is a pretty interesting token and there's a lot of gaming communities and and whatnot and nft communities that are are opening up with that but it's it's a huge hassle and yeah i'd rather just yeah. swap right in right in the wallet let me just do it quick show me the conversions let me know what I'm, I'm getting for my, you know, my tokens and whatnot. But yeah, small, but actually a big deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ease of, you know, well, the, the just be as frictionless as possible. Right? That's, that's tough in regards to web yeah. anything, yeah. but you know, we're, we're trying to do our part and, you know, if there are other um, solutions out there that, you know, comes about in the near future, you know, we're definitely so open to integrating or working with new partners, right. To um, make this as, seamless as possible right yeah. so you know we, we don't want to recreate the wheel if you know so we're always happy to work with anyone that has solutions for us absolutely how long how long does it usually take someone say a web 2 gamer I, i'm sure it varies based on person or maybe even by game but how long does it take to onboard in terms of to get into your ecosystem and and say they're not familiar with crypto they don't have a wallet mm -hmm. they can just use their credit card right so it's a total everything's happening behind the scenes correct yeah, so that's... But Joe, can you tell us a bit about, uh, as you've transported suddenly, but can you tell us a little, <laughs> a little bit about the process of um, onboarding someone from Web2 onto your platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, essentially we're working on a few different initiatives, right, to make this as uh, easy as possible or seamless as possible, like you keep mentioning. Um, so all a, a user would need to do is essentially create a Manigames account on our platform. And from there, we'll generate a wallet for them, right? A Manigames wallet, easy to easy to uh, create, if you will, generate. Um, and then in regards to acquiring our tokens, right? Um, we're talking to several centralized exchanges to uh, for listing, but there's something more direct that we're working that's within the pipeline, right? Which will allow users to easily um, just use credit card, right? Um, and then you they could purchase our tokens straight from the platform itself, but. The thing about this um, feature is that it's only app applicable to users in the Philippines for right now. Um, so I guess some back history about Manigames and our support system or our network in the Philippines is uh, essentially we're part of consortium, right, um, within the APAC region. Um, and then um, the consortium is called Impero, the Impero Consortium. Um, they're actually headquartered in the Philippines as well. Um, and they first started out as a Web3 compliance company, right? So they do a lot of compliance, 
um, <laughs> and they've built a rapport with the Philippines government. Well, you know, the you know, the, I guess the more interesting point about this is that, um, you know, the Philippines government, due to COVID and the whole Axie Infinity Web three gaming rise, right, was that, you know, a lot of money was being um, moved across borders, right, from you know, and generated within the in, within the Philippines. Um, you know, the reason why Axie Infinity was or Web three gaming got to the point of you know that we see today, right was because, you know, there are so many gamers in Southeast Asia, right, that were playing Axie Infinity on their mobile. Um, but essentially, uh, the Philippines adopted them. The Philippine citizens adopted that game pretty quickly, right, and rapidly, mind you. So the government's not dumb, right, or, you know, or blind to see that, you know, where the hell is all this money coming from and what's this, you know, crazy thing called Axie Infinity and Web3. Um, and with that mindset, you know, um, actually there's a new administration right now within the Philippines that is very um, – Embrace. Uh, they're, they're embracing the whole Web3 um, notion, I guess you can say, or, you know, movement. Um, they're, so they're trying to strike while the iron's hot, if you will, right? So hmm. um, with that being said, you know, they are working with the Impero Consortium in a various different ways where they treat Impero kind of like a consultant, right? So if anything Web3 related, you know, they kind of ask um, Noel, who's a founder and who's my lead advisor, about, you know, what's going on within Web3, right? Um and with the, you know, since they have such a rapport, you know, working together um, in 2019, actually, the government, um, with the assistance of Impero, created the first blockchain and crypto law within the special economic zone um, of Bataan, right? Um, the special economic zone can be seen um, similarly to, like, the Caymans, right, or the British Isles, right, or Estonia. Um, so they have, you know, tax incentives for various Web3 companies coming in, so... Um, you know, to build upon, right, from foreign companies. Um, but the great thing about this is that Nana Games is actually registered as well within the Bataan region as well. Um, the great thing about this is that, you know, people that are either investing in Nana Games or um, working with us, right, um, it gives them peace of mind just because there is a legislative slash regulatory foundation, right, behind us, right, <clears throat> kind of like protecting, you know, Users coming in, right, working with us or investing in us just because, you know, if something were to go awry and let's, I mean, knock on wood, but, no, you know, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, there's no rug pullers going to be, you know, you know, willingly register their company in a place where there's a law, right, for blockchain, crypto, and they provide more regulatory clarity, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, long story short is that within this consortium, you know, that we're part of, um, there is a company stemming from the Web2 remittance world called DA5. Um, and DA5 has over 23 physical, 2300 physical locations. So 2300 physical locations all across Southeast Asia. Um, and, um, and they are a premier or, or sorry, a master, a master license of Western Union, right? Or master agent of Western Union, right? <laughs> so they do a lot of remittances, right? Overseas transactions, overseas transactions. So they did $500 million annually in transactions, and they're looking to get into the Web3 world for solutions, right? Hence why they're part of the consortium. And a great part about being this part of this consortium is that we share resources. You know, we all work together. We, have, we all have the same mindset of how to expand, right, utilizing each other's, um, you know, strengths and weaknesses. And um, we're looking to integrate their payment technology and their payment gateways, right, within our platform, which hence allows users to use credit card, right, to purchase our crypto and then ultimately uh, compete straight away.
Right. So, Joe, this this all sounds way too civilized for me. <laughs> you know, in, in comparison to the rest of the world, everything they hear Web three, blockchain, crypto, whatever, everyone panics and they just like literally like <laughs> just hit you with a hammer with right, a legislation right. that they have no idea how it got written by who, and you know, there's no consultation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of. Uh, unfortunate, but it sounds like uh, the Philippines are the, you're act, you guys are actually doing something really smart. Um, yeah, so and you it know, is collaboration. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, and another you know a great a reason why they're moving so fast is you know, I guess you could kind of use this analogy as or you know a, yeah analogy I guess um, similar to like companies right you know smaller companies or smaller countries are able to move a bit quicker right mm-hmm. in regards mm-hmm. to some of those, you know, either politics or, you know, just moving in general, right, compared to bigger companies slash or countries. So, you know, and they saw, I guess the Philippines government, they saw an opportunity to become that quote unquote web three haven, safe haven or hub, if you will. Right. So they want to, to, uh, you know, position themselves in that manner, right. Within that spot and within Southeast Asia. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just, you know, I'm just grateful, right. You know, that we're part of that part of the mix there. You know, I'm not even Filipino. People compare, you know, people think I'm Filipino, but I'm Chinese and Vietnamese. I just do a lot of work in Asia and a lot of work into the Philippines, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's always hilarious. But, you know, um, actually in October, and I was mentioning this, you know, I have another trip to the Philippines in the end of October. Um, this, it's a private conference, right? Um, private event. Only two or only 300 invitees, right, to this event. But it's a Web3 conference um, that's hosted by a government agency, um, I believe it's the DICT, the Digital Informations and Technology um, arm of the Philippines, and they're sponsoring slash hosting this event, right? So um, there's going to be a lot of regulators um, that will be part of the invitees and other Web3, um, you know, companies within the Philippines or even outside of, you know, within the APAC region to be joining in. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're just from now, to, you know, it, by the time people will see this, you know, this event will probably be over. But, um, you know, they're just, just, you know, keep in mind that they're trying to work fast and becoming that safe haven, if you will. Right. So it's, it's very exciting. Right. It's a lot of moving parts, but it's, it's exciting. Well, it's also speed to market. I mm-hmm. mean, I think, you know, product innovators in the U.S. completely understand that. Um, regulators want to understand i truly believe they want to understand it but they kind of don't yeah um, but it is time to market and it's smart you know um i see okay you know that's that's smart pushing pushing ahead and you should always push ahead and test the boundaries of these new tech technology environments whereas other countries are pushed into it through necessity uh like venezuela for example mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so they have nothing they've literally have scorched earth they need they have an opportunity to embrace something new mm-hmm. to actually rebuild that forest that economy yeah. you know um so i admire i admire either you know countries that are really embracing it or embracing it because there's no other way to go yeah um and it is it is smart so i definitely admire that for sure Joe, how did the uh, Mana Games Philippines connection take place? Was that kind of an organic happening, or was it because of this favorable regulatory environment? Like, what, what's the history on that? 
Just curious. Yeah, actually, it kind of goes back to when I was bouncing around Asia, right, for the uh, con- consulting slash advisory role that I was doing, what I mentioned before. You know, I somehow landed in the Philippines or Manila, um, you know, through some mutual contacts telling me to come by. And that's how I met Emmanuel, right, uh, my lead advisor, also the founder of Impero. Um, and, you know, we kicked it off, you know, we kicked off. He's a, um, he, he actually is a Canadian citizen, right? Um, but he just, you know, lives in the Philippines with his family and, um, he has some strong ties, right? He established his position there and some strong ties and with people of power, right? That can, um, really push, you know, the needle along, right? In regards to Web3. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, how it kind of, <laughs> it's not an extravagant story. It's nothing amazing, but, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, I, I, I met a person through another contact, a mutual contact, and we just kind of kicked it off and we're like, okay, well, you know, we believe in each other's projects and like, you know, let's grab a drink and let's keep talking about it. And, you know, I met him early on 2017 and, you know, we've been friends since, right? He's like a brother of mine now, Web3 brother of mine. It's incredible is how global Web3 is in that sense too, that, you know, you have everyone from mm-hmm. different backgrounds, like you're talking about different countries, then launching in the Philippines and building this global uh, platform. And so it's always uh, so exciting to kind of see that just that collaboration of ideas from everywhere. Yeah, the Web3 ethos, right? So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Cross borders, decentralized. Um, there are no there are no borders. That's yeah. the whole idea. Yep. That's the whole idea. You know, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, countries adopt, you know, their their own theory of Web3 or what it means to them. But ultimately, it's becoming a one a one world economy in in some strange ways, you know. It's yeah, very the, the the internet economy, right? The one with the yeah. internet, the the world of the internet, right? Yeah, <laughs> the interweb, the interweb. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Well, I guess but this yeah, is metaverse, you know, just, right? I mean, that is yeah. There you go. Metaverse. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Right. So, yeah, well, metaverse. Uh, metaverse is yeah. an interesting topic in itself, right? I don't. Know, it, could yeah. be, it could be. It could be anything. What, what's your plans? What's 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 Games plans for the metaverse, if any? Who knows? Um, well. I guess the most, the more basic, you know, plans for that is really just a lot of these metaverses have some gamification or game aspect to it, right? Um, I've been throwing the the idea around where, you know, if we partner up with, you know, enough metaverses like Sandbox and, you know, other standalone metaverse projects out there, um, we can act as a metaverse portal, right? Distribution portal where users can easily jump from one metaverse to another without going to different, you know, websites. And that's just like as far as I got in regards to um, tinkering with any metaverse integrations or, you know, plans in the future. You know, right right now, the metaverse itself is, you know, it's tough, right? Um, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of moving parts. It's, it's still very um, premature, right? Yeah. I guess you can say, you know, you have Facebook doing their own thing and you have Sandbox and you have Decentraland, but... You know, when I think of the metaverse, I think of, you know, I'm, I'm a, actually, it's funny. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an anime watcher, right? So there's like, uh, there's like certain animes that have, um, they have the storyline where like, you know, the person in the real life somehow gets stuck in their own like fantasy gaming world, metaverse <laughs> world, right? Or kind of like Ready Player One, if you will. Yeah, right? absolutely. But, you know, I, in, in that respect, maybe I've always, I've always had the like, um, thought, I was like, okay, well, if I want to be, stuck in a metaverse, right? Or want to play a metaverse, it has to be appealing to me in like a more game sense, right? Like graphic sense or, you know, there's a lot of different 
projects before, even Web 2, where people were just hanging out, you know, some sort of like MMORPGs, right? Yeah, that, that's a sense, that's a sort of you know Web two metaverse back in the day. They had, they had their own e- e- uh, ecosystem, economy, everything. Mm. Um, you just weren't able to take any of those assets out of the those in game eco- or ecosystems, right? Um, and metaverse is to me, they're just you know, if, if if it's a great metaverse, right, it would be like that. But you're able to take it out. But in regards to tokenomics or just the way that the model works, I'm not sure how you would balance that out in regards to like, okay, well, this in game item. In this MMORPG metaverse, costs this much Ethereum, yeah. or whatever, you know. You almost need that conversion tool, you know, like uh, whatever it is. But I, I think one thing you said to me, which resonates with me quite a bit, and we talk about it a lot, is the metaverse has been, to your point, has been around for a while. Roblox, mm-hmm. look yeah, at yeah. What, what is that? You know, yeah. I mean, Minecraft to a certain degree doesn't have too much. Uh, Roblox has more of an ec- economic engine behind it, but. <laughs> they're walled gardens. They're 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 one planet, and then the idea of creating a portal you can jump to, that to me is the metaverse. It will be the metaverse when the connective tissue is created. Whether oh, yeah. they're portals like yours, it's the connected tissue, um, and we just don't have that yet because you mm-hmm. want to be able to wander and dream and then use your you know, new Nike kicks that you just bought or your Adidas outfit, Uh, you want to be able to use it. And then, you know, to your point, how does it convert monetarily? How does it convert Mm -hmm. graphically? Mm -hmm. You know, is it super pixelated, like, uh, you know, you know, a bitmapped game, or is it super high resolution? There's all sorts of new issues that we had basically with the, uh, you know, 1.0 of the web, you know, how -hmm. things convert, how they connect. Um, but to me, it's not um, you know blocking someone off. We've been there already. Yeah, it's, it's, it's every 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 game plat- platform. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's wander and, and be able to share. It's yeah, cool. no, I agree. And I know a lot of people were kind of um, tinkering at the idea of you know I spoke to a lot of um, Web three MMO or PG games and slash metaverse projects, right? And you mm-hmm. know they were saying like, okay, well. You know, I want to be able to bring my gaming weapon or item, right, of the game into another, a different metaverse and you know, make it interoperable. I was like, okay, well, are the stats going to be the same? Like, you know, like, well, <laughs> like yeah. do, they, do mean, they, like, work? Like, you know, your game is more fantasy and the other one's sci-fi. Do they have swords in that game? Like, how are you going right. to make, you know, like, it's just, it's tough. Don't There's bring a, a knife to a gunfight. Exactly. <laughs> or a laser fight, <laughs> even worse. Right. Or a laser right. fight. Yeah, right. laser <laughs> Uh, or you know, that, or even vice versa, right? Where there's games that have like starships, right? And I was like, okay, well, can you have a starship in this fantasy game? Like, you know, right. <laughs> fighting orcs and whatnot. You know, it's just <laughs> but that's, yeah, middle earth, yeah, uh, yeah. That's hilarious, right? So uh, and, right, there's totally a lot, spot on. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that need to be worked out and a lot of kinks to be ironed up. But um, you know, I love the whole connective tissue, right? Um, yeah. You know, metaphor. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I agree, right? There definitely needs to be more of that. Um, but I think as well in regards to just basic game economy or just gameplay, right? You know, or just, you know, things revolving around the metaverse and their utility. Um, there just needs to be a bit more in my in my mm. mind, right? And a lot of the games that I see, and I might just be biased or elitism or whatever you call it, right? But a lot of the graphics in the metaverses right now, they're just kind of like, you know, they're Roblox-y, Minecraft-y, right? You know, very mm-hmm. pixely. But, mm-hmm. of course, you know, teach their own because Roblox and Minecraft are just huge powerhouses in their own right. So, you know, what, what, who am I to say, you know, well, you know, whatever, right? But 
you know, that's just my own personal opinion in it. You yeah, know, there's yeah, definitely yeah. different uh, aspects of it that people love. So hopefully, what did you, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, no, no. I was just ranting, but go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, uh, Joe, what did you think of uh, Meta or Mark Zuckerberg's little avatar there with his uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, funny. Ryzen's? And were... Yeah, no, you know, you know, I know people, you know, don't like the Zucks, right? But <laughs> this guy has such a huge foundation, like, just like, he has a community already, right? You know how many people use WhatsApp and Facebook daily? You know, WhatsApp right. even more, right? Like the billions, right? And he's already yeah. started... He's already starting the process of like, you know, incorporating NFT slowly within like Instagram or WhatsApp, right? And mm -hmm. soon, you know, maybe WhatsApp can be able to send trans crypto transactions left and right. Who knows? You know, there are other um, messaging apps that have that have those capabilities right now. Maybe you know he'll kind of do that as well. But if you're able to connect all those all those together, those moving pieces together into his metaverse, right? That's I mean, no one else has that. Right, that's his differentiating factor. You know, he has the billions that he that he has that he's connected to, and really, if you are a set, you know, a sandbox or decentraland or whatever metaverse competing against that, that'd be tough, right? Because that guy is already he already has the the you know all the moving pieces. You you, you just got to slowly make the integration. So yeah, we're we're on the same page um, with a lot of things too. I think you know, look, Mark is doing what he's doing, and you know, we want him to be successful because mm -hmm. this is the proliferation of of Web three and and, yeah, and yeah. You know, gaming and and everything else. So go for it. The one the one company that we surprise people when we talk about. Um, that personally, I think is poised to really hit home runs in this in this world over time, is Microsoft. Okay, they yeah. own twenty. They own twenty two gaming companies, maybe even more by now, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it and then it's about con that connective tissue. And if they can do it, they've already got, you know, the Minecrafts of the world and the you know Majan and all that stuff. Um, there, I think. That's that could be a floodgate if they really, really think outside of the box and start to mm -hmm. connect things a little bit differently, and play with those new economies and those new little micro societies, if you will. Um, I think they could do quite well. I agree. I agree. And you know, it, 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 it's kind of it's kind of like you know, oh, what was that term? I just totally messed up the saying in my head. But essentially, you know, it's like it's the, the lesser of two evils, right? You know, like with the the whole thing with like Zuckerberg and, you know, with Meta doing their own uh, metaverse, if you will, right? It's like, do you want mass adoption or do you not want mass adoption, right? Because you have mass adoption, you go through Facebook, right? Like in a, in a you know, a much larger scale and I and also like Microsoft, you know, like mass adoption through Microsoft, you know, and how they own various Web3 or just gaming studios in general, integrating Web3, right? You know, a lot of, I guess... You know, the, the I guess early days like mindset of like Web three or blockchain was like you know, power to the people like you know at, you know f the uh, corporations and the banks etc. But you know if you really want to get to what you know the whole mass adoption everyone using it you know there's you know you got you got to pick your poison right. You, know, you got to play nice right. You know right? I would also I think Zuck doesn't get the credit not that this is like a you know whole nonstop praise thing but I think I think he is taking a big risk by putting the company in that direction. And at the same time, 
Oh, he lost it, a lot of money, right? Recently. Oh, he's, he's yeah, taking yeah. hits. He's taking hits, yeah. but I, I think he understands the power of Web three and is trying mm-hmm. to steer in that direction. Granted, they have their own corporate, like any corporation, their own needs and their own financial ends. But um, the alternative would be a, a imagine a Facebook that's trying to block Web three, that's actively trying to prevent innovation or creation in the space. Mm-hmm. So to me, the fact that they're moving ahead, that they're building the VR sets, that they're building the ecosystem of their own is opening the door for all the different ecosystems to coexist, I hope. And so I yeah. think- um, yeah. Well, wasn't he implementing yeah. some sort of like transaction fee that was like 20, 20% or 15% or some crazy number like that for NFTs? I don't know. I remember reading that. I think this was on. Apple had this with uh, NFTs with a. Uh, oh, that was the, Apple. They continue the App Store oh, yeah, is the thirty percent. Yeah, that's third party developers thirty percent. But, but you know, you know who else does that? Steam does that, right? For yeah, traditional Web two studios, right? So, you know, this is one of those things where, like, you know, they have the market by the by the balls, right? I don't know if I could say that, <laughs> but they have, they have, they have, they, they can do it. You know, it's because they can. They have the market, right? So that's why a lot of Web3 companies right now, you know, they want to steer away from that, right, um, for their community. So, you know, we're, we're all doing our part. But again, you know, it's, you know, if you want mass adoption, you know, you got to go through these guys. Or you want like a slow rise and, you you know, you put your your money on a different horse, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Or you got to do it yourself, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I just, I, I, kudos. And, you know, there's, you got to, there's always an entrance fee, right? Always. Correct. Mana has, you know, a, a little a fee. Uh, Microsoft does all of the steam, everything. Um, the one thing I don't want to see happen is they just try and control everything. And it goes mm. against the entire ethos of Web3, meaning it's supposed to be open. Correct. Um, developer community, like create open source, not just development environments. But so it's social environments and everything else that and gaming environments and everything that goes with it. As soon as you start to kind of put your hands around it too, too tightly, I think it's going to go, it'll actually blow up in some people's faces or Mm -hmm. some platform spaces. It has to not lose that whole idea of we are no longer the products. We are now gaining back the idea that we are truly the consumers and we can contribute in advertising. We can contribute into monetary models within a gaming system. So uh, as long as that doesn't get lost, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, and no, I'm the same way, right? You know, there needs to be, you know, as little control as possible, just, you know, for the people, right? Because, you know, yeah. essentially that's Web3, right? You know, yeah. it's gonna be, there needs to be some creative freedom or just, you know, freedom of control, you know? Um, within the environment that we're in, right? Whatever game or project or whatever that we're utilizing Web3. Well, Um, I I love what, sorry, I just had to say this, Joe, it's kind of like what you're doing with Mana in talking about when you you mentioned competing platforms, this space doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. And it seems like the companies that understand that are the ones that are winning over people's hearts and minds in this space and are thriving. So Mm -hmm. you're setting the model, in my view. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying my best in my, you know, place in DC right now. You know, um, good. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely you know the way to go move forward, right? You know, it's a multi-chain in you know universe or multi-chain you know ecosystem um, that brings in projects for, d- despite where you know they're built on, right? What chain they're utilizing, 
also, you know, there needs to be some sort of, there's, there's got to be a level of collaboration, right, or, you know, um, within the various Web3 projects out there, you know, either be infrastructure or your gaming projects. You know, you see a lot more in gaming projects now, but in, in regards to infrastructure, yeah, like, there needs to be more tools to, for users to be able to utilize, right? So there's not a zero-sum game, right? There, we don't have to be, you know, number one for everything, but the pie is so big, everyone can eat, everyone can be happy, right? We just need to work together. So, yeah. yeah exactly what awesome. we talk about all the time rich right yeah absolutely <laughs> all the time every day every week <laughs> yeah. there you go yeah to the audience out there yeah definitely subscribe or follow uh web3 unpacked on spotify and the other socials <laughs> i think you already speaking finished our outro hook. for us yeah <laughs> speaking the truth <laughs> yeah. exactly well you know what that's that's the whole thing we're not here to you know create fud or Talk about coins going up and down and sideways. We're talking mm -hmm. about the people, the innovators, and the technology behind it. That's really what we care about. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? Subsequently, there's, there is residual uh, benefits to that. And if you know what you're doing and you know what you're looking for, you're going to see lots of smart people like yourself, Joe, with really interesting products that they may want to invest in. Simple as that. Um, we're not telling them to do anything like that from financial uh, uh, standpoints, but you're getting exposure to really interesting people and products and teams mm -hmm. um, and, and changes in the world, really. Um, and it's fascinating. This is what does it for us. So, so thanks so much. Yeah, no, thank you guys. And yeah, definitely, <laughs> you know, if you guys, if any listeners out there, if you're building up any interesting Web3 gaming projects, uh, either be a game or infra, um, yeah, reach out to me. I'm always happy to chat. You know, I'm I'm always on LinkedIn. It's kind of how Matt found me, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> that works. Awesome. <laughs> Working that LinkedIn. Joe, tell us uh, before we jump off, uh, where can people learn more about Mana? Of course, managames.io. But give us any other URLs, anything you want us to uh, put out there for people. Yeah, you guys could check out our Twitter. So our Twitter is, you know, we're growing that out. We're one of our priorities right now. So uh, I believe the handle is managames underscore gg. Right, so Mana Games underscore GG uh, for Twitter, um, and from there you can find our link tree that has all the other links involved. Um, if you want to reach out to me, I'm, I'm I'm always on LinkedIn, right? So um, I'm at Joe Mana, I believe, right, on LinkedIn. And um, if you want my Telegram, it's Joe underscore Mana, right? So there's some, you know, there's some sort of wordplay where people say it's like, oh, Joe Mana is like Joe Mama. I was like, yeah, I didn't think about that, but I guess I, I guess Witty. I guess so. Hey, well, I, it was, yeah. actually, I did not plan that, right? I was just trying to put my company name with my name on top, but, you know, it just happened to be like that. So, you those know, are the best I, ones. I yeah, yeah, those inadvertent jokes. Well, <laughs> so I'll take well it. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, yes. guys. Thanks, Rich, and thanks, Matt, for uh, allowing me to, you know, chat and ramble on about games and everything, <laughs> everything about Web3 on your podcast. That's, what, that's why we're here, buddy. And thank you so much. We, we look forward to talking again very soon. So. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks everybody.